If you have a Bible, great. Good for you. Turn with me. If you don't, look on the screen. We're kind of doing double for your trouble here tonight. Luke chapter 2. It's one of the great uh, places that we read about the Christmas story. And I want to read part of that and, and, and share a couple things with you. Amen. Luke chapter 2 and verse 4. Starting in verse 4, Joseph also went up from Galilee uh, out of the city of Nazareth uh, into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Anybody see the Bethlehem star the other night? Some of you. How many don't know what I'm talking about? Okay, a few people. You missed it. It's too late. But I didn't see it either. I thought I'd figure I'd see enough pictures. And I did. Um. (laughs) <laughs> what verse? Four. He was of the house and lineage of David. Verse five. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men." Many times we read this, Uh, many of us have a foundation, uh, foundation of knowledge um, regarding the story and regarding uh, salvation. Even if you're not a believer, uh, very likely, at least in our part of the world, uh, you have heard something about it. You know something about Jesus coming, about the Son of God coming, eventually dying on the cross and God's plan of salvation. Nevertheless, this wasn't always clear to everybody. When you see things in arrears, you have a perspective that sometimes you take for granted. Uh, when, when they were seeing this, uh, there was very little knowledge. Yes, Jesus had been prophesied. It had been said many, many years before, even some very precise details uh, beyond human capability of predicting it. Uh, these things were prophesied, yet at the same time, it was uh, there was some lack of detail and specificity also present in the prophecies that no one could totally figure it out. And uh, uh, we know that even Jesus', distru- Jesus disciples uh, struggled um, with the idea that he's going to be crucified, right? He would tell them on multiple occasions, this is going to happen, I'm going to be betrayed, I'll be turned over, I'll be beaten, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll die and come back. And they're like, huh? 
I don't get this. They they didn't understand that. They thought, hey, Israel's in trouble. Rome's in charge here. God needs to deliver us. And the, the Messiah's coming. And they're thinking King David, you know, King Solomon. They're thinking of all these kings that the Lord is raising up a king to deliver us. They have no idea what God's really what God was really up to. We look back on it and we say, I don't see how they didn't get this. Why didn't they understand this? Um, they did not have the revelation that many of us have today. They didn't see how uh, how Jesus dying would save anybody. Okay, but I want to I want to share with you a little bit of background, a little bit of previous information to what we just read about the Christmas story uh, there in Bethlehem. Uh, This event that we celebrate today started way before this, what we just read about 2,000 years ago, okay? In fact, uh, the scriptures tell us in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 8, it reads, all who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life, uh, uh, of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now, the lamb slain, that's speaking about Jesus, but notice he is called the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Way before Bethlehem, way before his natural birth, we see that God had already predetermined this was what he was planning to do, what he was going to do to save the world. And I don't know about you, but I find that very interesting that before uh, mankind needed to be saved, he provided a savior. In other words, uh, we probably would just throw in the towel on the whole creation bit because if we see ahead, these, these turkeys are going to blow this. How about we just scrap the whole plan and not do anything? But instead of scrapping the whole plan, the Lord said, no, I'll just do this. I will become one of them and I'll let them beat me to a pulp so that those who want me can be saved. And so he made a plan. He made a way out before the problem ever manifest. And, and so, uh, so, you know, we could say that, that Christmas began way before Christmas. Yeah, how many, know, how many that happens in your house too? Like September, the music starts playing. Okay, a little bit different, but... I think Christmas music might have been playing in heaven way early, okay? In fact, another place uh, that it's mentioned first time in Scripture is in the very first book in the third chapter, uh, Genesis. This is right after the fall and after Satan had, had used the serpent to uh, bring temptation and God was pronouncing some things here. And he said in, in Genesis 3.15, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, okay, you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So immediately after the fall, immediately after the the, the spiritual death took place, immediately after that separation, God starts saying, and this, by the way, is the first usage of what is often referred to as the law of double reference, meaning God is speaking to the natural and he's speaking to the spiritual at the same time. Yes, this is a judgment uh, speaking to this serpent naturally, but really he is also speaking to the, uh, the spirit that is using this visible person as this visible creature as a tool. 
All right, and so he's talking on both sides of this and notice he said, I'm putting enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and, and, and what? And her seed, not his seed. In other words, because Jesus wasn't the seed of Adam. Jesus was the seed of the woman, of course, born of God, the incarnate one, God made flesh. And so this is where the enmity was gonna be placed. And he's basically saying, by the way, now, he uses this language, and this is very interesting to me, and this is uh, part of why I'm talking to you today. He uses this language of, oh, by the way, the seed of the woman is going to bruise your head. Now, I bet for a long time, people were reading this and scratching their heads saying, what does that mean? He's going to bruise his head. Well, uh, we can see looking back that God was setting things up for the seed of the woman, Jesus, to crush Satan's authority. The head, head speaks of authority, and he was basically going to one day take that authority back. Yet he said it in such a way where it could be easily seen in, in the rears. We can see and say, that was brilliant how he said that, and right away, and he did it without letting it be known. But that's the way that God works. He is able to do this. And this is in, an interesting component of the Christmas story is that God did it openly and secretively at the same time. He was saving people and he was doing it kind of like blatant in your face. And yet at the same time, they're saying, what's going on here? What's happening? Even the good guys, you know, I, even those who believe in the Lord were like, uh, this is not good news, is it? <laughs> and, and yet it was. L listen to these verses. Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. However, Paul writes, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Notice that language, we speak the wisdom of God in what? A mystery. The hidden wisdom of which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Okay, going back to previous times, and he's, he's got this thing all figured out, all lined out, all set up before any of it went down. He, he ordained this before the ages for our benefit. Verse 8, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So the Lord is setting this up, Jesus, to be the sacrifice for the sin of the world. And he's doing it right in front of their, you know, how do they say it? Right under their noses without them knowing what he's doing. It's happening right in front of them. They don't know what he's doing. The rulers of this age, they didn't know what was happening. Otherwise, they never would have done this. Now, now think about it. Rulers of this age, you say, well, is that talking about like, you know, authorities, natural authorities in the earth, the governors, the rulers, the Caesar, the different people like that. I don't, I don't really, it, it could be, but I don't really believe it is. Um, the word rulers there is in several different cases in the New Testament. The Greek word is, is used and it's translated as, uh, uh, depending on your transla translation, like, like prince or ruler, but it's, it's, uh, it's used speaking of demonic forces. The demonic realm. Basically, the seed of the woman was about to crush 
the head of the serpent, the authority of Satan, without him knowing that it was happening. So Satan was, a, Satan was uh, getting robbed. <laughs> he, he was getting, getting pickpocketed. Uh, he, he was getting taken out without him really knowing that God had a mysterious plan, a mystery here that he was carrying out. God is a master strategist. I mean, think about it. Well, let me give you another verse. Uh, Colossians 1.27 reads, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. What's the mystery? I'm going to get inside of you. The mystery is God was going to get his, his own self inside of people. Now, how many know people didn't know they needed that? Even those looking, even the, the Jews looking for their Messiah weren't thinking, oh, I wish the Lord would make a way for him to live inside of us. I mean, you, we think about that. We know that language. But then, did they know that language? Did they think, we need God to live in us. We need him to be in us and upon us and through us and speak through our lips and live through our lives. And we need his, gra his grace to be sufficient for us to enable us to do what we cannot do on our own. They weren't thinking that. They're just thinking, uh, Israel's subject to Rome right now. And we need Israel to be raised up. Uh, do you need a savior? Yes, from those people. No, you need save from sin. God knew that. His idea was not just natural and temporary. It was permanent and it was forever and it dealt with the root of the issue. And so he sent a savior. Again, now we look back, well, we talk about baby Jesus and, and how he would one day save the world. Think about it from their perspective. Oh, great, we have a baby now. <laughs> yeah, a baby. Uh, why would anyone be threatened by a baby? Well, this baby would one day defeat all the powers of darkness. Not a natural battle, but a spiritual battle. He would one day confound the wise. Who could ever have conceived of this plan to redeem mankind from sin? Who would have ever thought God's going to redeem us from sin? He's going to cause the dead human spirit to be born again in an instant. And it will take on the very life and nature of God himself. In a moment, people for thousands of years, and we're at the end of that second thousand. People at the end of that, they'll bow their knee and they'll say, I believe in you. I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. I believe he was raised from the dead. I confess the lordship of Jesus. And in an instant, in a moment, that person, that dead spirit would be made alive instantaneously, separate from religion, separate from works, separate from tradition, they would instantaneously come in contact with the living God and be made alive. Who ever thought of that? Now, I know that like I do the back of my hand now, but they're seeing this, even the devil saying, what's going on here? What's going on? Hey, we have a chance to kill him. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's stir people up. Get inside of Judas. He'll betray him. Let's get in there. Let's take him out. And they didn't know. God had a mysterious plan working this whole time. And Christmas was a part of that master plan that we look back at now and say, wow, look at that. That's amazing. But they didn't have a clue what was, what was going on. And still some of us, we're still, I mean, I got to admit, we're, some of us are still trying to figure out what round yon virgin means. 
right? I think it might have been a weight problem. I don't know. <laughs> or, or we sing Noel and lift our hands and Noel, we don't have a clue what Noel means, <laughs> right? Can anybody relate to me? In excelsis Deo. In excelsis Deo. I don't know what this means. I don't know what Latin is. <laughs> now, those things weren't intended to be a mystery. We just don't study and we just sing the songs in their tradition. Uh, but I want you to think about this for a moment. In my little brief explanation of that, uh, does God hide things? I think that's a trick question. Does God hide things? It sure looks like he does. He does things in a mystery. He does things and certain people have revelation of it or at least some degree of it and others are left in the dark. He does things that are not understood by some. Have you ever read the last book of this, uh, of the Bible? The book of Revelation? Anybody got that one all figured out? How many know there will, be, there will be a day when we are going to look at the book of Revelation from the other side and say, duh, that's easy. I see this and this and this is how this went down. And God showed us right there, plain and clear. We'll be looking at it from the other side and it will be plain and obvious, kind of like many of us are doing when we're looking at Christmas and we're saying, that was it. Come on, boom, the bomb right there. That was not cool how he bypassed the sin nature skipped Adam, went right through Mary, and God, all of a sudden, he shows up on the earth as a righteous person. He's not a descendant of Adam. I mean, uh, this mystery is all of a sudden, it's all real clear to us. One day, we're going to see so many other things that way. But God is, for some reason, sometimes I can understand it, sometimes I can't, but he does things and sometimes keeps the full picture and understanding of it away from us for a time. Not everyone gets it. The good news about this is that we can be confident many times when we're trying to figure it out and don't know what to do and don't know what's happening, we can believe that God has a master plan that he has something he's working on, that he has spoken and it will come to pass. And there are things that I've seen happen in my life that if you were to tell me uh, uh, many years ago, you're gonna do this and this is gonna happen and you're gonna live here and this is gonna, I would have said, what? I doubt it. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know how that could ever be. And, that, and yet then God brings about his plan and it is amazing and he can do fabulous things in all of our lives. It's been a constant that people have sought to know more. I'm one of those. I seek the Lord to know more. Even right after Jesus was raised from the dead, the disciples came to, came to him saying, Lord, is this the time now when you're going to uh, set up, you know, your kingdom over Israel and restore Israel? <laughs> and they're still thinking naturally. And he, and, and, and he said to them, this is the first part of Acts, he, he, he said to them, uh, it's not a, it, the Father has placed some of these things in his own control, his own hand. It's not for you to know them right now. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't really like that answer. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to talk to the Lord and say, and he say, it's not for you to know that right now. 
Well, why not? Just between us. How about that? (laughs) How about I don't tell anyone? (laughs) He wanted them apparently to be focused on other things, but I have I have discovered this this mystery happening many times. This is the main mystery, but he works this way. I'm not. I'm not one to answer every question with God works in mysterious ways. Don't get me wrong. Don't take this to that extreme. At the same time, um, uh, I've noticed in ministry, sometimes the Lord will show me things to say, things to do, things to preach and teach. And sometimes he gives it to me way in advance. And sometimes he gives it to me on the spot. And occasionally, what I think is his, leader, his leading, his guiding in my life and, and, and to things to say and do, I get going down that pathway. And then right before I do it, he says, no, don't do that. Do this. And changes it up. In fact, uh, in our Wednesday night services, it's quite regular that I don't get anything until it's in the moment. It's like, can't you tell me in advance? No. <laughs> and occasionally... Uh, occasionally in our Sunday morning services, I'll have something well-developed, well-planned, prepared. It's good, ready to go. And it'll get changed like right before the service. Like, you know, like five minutes. <laughs> like, oh, or sometimes in the service. And that's a little uncomfortable. One of, the, one of our other pastors asked me, asked me uh, one time, why do you think the Lord does that? And I said, I don't fully know. I can give some speculation, but I, say, I said, here's one consideration, is that there is a spirit world. There are demonic forces that are influencing, trying to influence people. And maybe he wants to keep this message a secret until it's too late for someone to change their mind and say, I'm not going today. You know how some people do that? I'm tired. Any excuse to get out of it. And the Lord wants to get in their business. And he wants to get in their business with a certain message. And maybe it is the enemy is not allowed to know the plan. We see that here. He didn't know what Jesus was doing. All of a sudden this baby's being born in Bethlehem. Satan didn't know what was going on. Right? He didn't know God was about to mess up all of his, all of his work and one day crush his, crush his head right? And, uh, and, and, and similarly, there are some things that the Lord will reveal to us at a specific place, at a specific time, so that nothing can mess it up. No one else can go in there and rearrange and reorder things or, or cause someone to miss out on what God is doing. Praise God. I just want to encourage you today. Uh, the Christmas story was a mystery. It started way before way before Bethlehem. And there are some things in your own life that they'll be a mystery until they're not. They'll be hidden, they'll be kept away until the time of revealing. Our part in this equation is to believe the promise, is to trust God's word concerning our lives and not focus our faith on a particular method. Well, I thought it would happen this way. Well, if that was real, then this would have happened. Stop, 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 stop. If God would have saved the world, how would you have described that in that moment? If you would have been there, if you would have said, wait a minute, wait a minute, I didn't think it was going to happen like this. No, you didn't. 
but he has a master plan. I tell you, he is doing things in our land. He's doing things in our country today. He's doing things in the world today. There are parts of this that nobody has figured out. And we figured out, oh, this is how it can happen. And this is how he's going to get in. This is how he's going to work in my life. And he's going to come in a totally different way. He kept it secret. He kept it a mystery so that it wouldn't be interrupted. It wouldn't be aborted. It wouldn't be changed by anyone. And no one would miss out on what he's wanting to do. If you got some things that are a mystery in your own life, you say, I don't understand. I don't know why this is happening. Why don't you keep your faith tied to the promise and not to the method? Not to, this is the way I thought it would be. So what? Keep your faith in God's word that he will do what he said he will do. Amen? I don't know if you've ever thought about Christmas this way before, but Christmas means this. Christmas means that God has a plan and he will make a way. That God has a plan. Why don't you say it with me? Say, I believe that God has a plan. He had a plan. He fulfilled it. He has a plan. He will fulfill it in my life. I will not set aside the very real chance that he might want to do it a different way than I've ever thought. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for working in us today.